1: Dolph fans, and welcome into the Thursday, November the 29th edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we've got another game to talk about. We'll get you schooled up on the Buffalo Bills and talk about the opportunities and concerns for Sunday's game, as well as the injuries, offense, defense, schemes, players, everything you come to the Lockdown Dolphins podcast for. I'll make my lock of the week pick, as well as pick the game and detail some frustrations I personally have with the dolphins personnel usage. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us that rating, leave us a review, follow me on Twitter at Winkful NFL for all the film breakdowns and takes throughout the course of every single day throughout the week. Follow the show at LockedonFins and of course lockedondolphins.com, the number one blog in the Locked On Network, talking about Kenyon Drake's misusage up on there, as well as the game preview on LockedOnDolphins.com today. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast, for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. And it is the Thursday show, which means we have a practice report to talk about from Wednesday. Let's go ahead and bring in the Mad Dog. All right, Miami! And the news does not sound great for Danny Amendola, who took an injury in the game on Sunday. And during his press availability on Wednesday, Adam Gay said that having Danny Amendola in the game on Sunday would be a bonus. They do not expect him to play. Several players listed as limited participants in practice, AJ Derby, Kenyon Drake, Jawan James, Laramie Tunzel, Ted Larson, Devontae Parker, as well as Ryan Tannehill with a shoulder injury and wearing a harness on that shoulder in practice on Wednesday. A rather dubious sounding development in the Tannehill shoulder saga going forward. So we'll see what happens with that. I also forgot to list... Travis Swanson was a DNP in the practice. He got injured early in the game on Sunday, did not return, and forced Ted Larson back into the lineup. As for the Buffalo Bills, four players did not practice on Wednesday. Lorenzo Alexander, Kyle Williams, Lafayette Pitts, and John Miller, and three players were limited. Quarterback Derek Anderson, tight end Charles Clay, and rookie slot corner Teron Johnson. All right, we have a busy podcast to get to, so let's go ahead and kick things off. That's
0: another Miami Dolphins.
1: And first down on today's Lockdown Dolphins podcast is brought to you by Action Heat. And the topic I'm going to start the podcast off with today is regarding a column up on LockdownDolphins.com talking about Kenyon Drake's misusage and just the overall personnel misusage that we've seen Throughout the course of the three-year tenure of Adam Gaze in Miami so far, and I talked about it on yesterday's All-22 review, as well as on Sunday, and Ryan Tannehill from 28 dropbacks, eight of those plays came out of 12 or 13 personnel, which throughout the course of his career has been the best personnel grouping that he has been able to produce with more tight ends than receivers on the field, and... It only really perpetuates the idea that maybe Adam Gaze is too stubborn to get out of his own way and allow the best players to get onto the field, the best packages to get onto the field. And even in Wednesday's press availability, he talked about how he wants to find a way to get Kenny Stills more involved, who only has 20 catches and 320 yards on the season, a criminal misusage of really the best receiver on this team who has disappeared in this offense really since Tannehill went down with injury. And real quick before we go forward, let's just go back to last season real quick and talk about another receiver they couldn't get involved early in the year jakeem grant came on like gangbusters in december with that big patriots game he had the huge catch and run on a screenplay in the chiefs game and really posted his yards per target and yards per route run numbers up there with the greats in the game the antonio browns the mike evans the julio joneses a who's who of all-star players and i'm not saying that's what jakeem grant is But that's how he produced down the stretch. And we come back into this year, and once again, he falls back into the fold of kind of a part-time player. So... It continues to frustrate, and especially at the running back position with Kenyon Drake. The exact same story last year. I said as much earlier, but he has games this year with three, three, five, six, and 8 carries. That's criminal misusage. He's averaged 10.6 touches per game. He hits a big play every 19.5 touches he has, and a big play is described as 20-plus yards on the play. And so to tie all of that back into personnel misusage, It took the Ajayi trade last year to actually start using him at all. Then it took a Damian Williams injury to make him the bell cow. And by the way, over in Kansas City, Damian Williams signs a one-year contract and they don't play him on offense. Now, granted, that is the best offense in the NFL, but he has three carries and three receptions, six touches on the year, and he plays every game. He's just a special teamer. Gaze thought he was fit to split the load with Drake. Andy Reid considers him a special team player, just to kind of give you perspective on how far behind this Dolphins team is and has been for a couple of years. And I use that 20-yard benchmark for the definition of a big play. But the truth is that usually when Drake gets to that level, gets to the point where he is in a big play, in the midst of a big play, he tends to go the distance. He has touchdown runs of 66, 45, 43, 51 in his career. He has a 47-yard reception last year against the Patriots. And you go back to 2016, the Dolphins ranked 17th in scoring and 17th in total offense, by far their best marks under Adam Gaze. And the reason for that, they hit the big play, second best in the NFL in terms of Big play percentage per snap, in fact. And the offense was a 12-personnel-heavy team, Tannehill's best package, with outside-slash-split-zone principles that paired perfectly with play-action principles and getting Ryan Tannehill out on the edge with the bootlegs, throwing the over-routes, layered concepts, taking away the complexity of route-combination reads, full-field fo- full reads, easy enough for me to say, and really taking away what Tannehill does worst and mitigating his mistakes and weaknesses in trying to scan the entire field in zone coverage yet here we are two years later still trying to fit that square peg into a round hole and it's frustrating to look across the league at all this innovation all the adaptations to capitalize on the roster and the talent that you have and we're over here trying to to do the same things over and over and over again and it doesn't work and it hasn't worked and they still don't change it. And that was one of the big things that really intrigued me about the Gaze hire in the first place. I thought he was a guy that would mold his system to fit his roster, but it's been the exact opposite so far in Miami. You go back to when he was the quarterback's coach in Denver with Tim Tebow, and they ran that option slash quarterback run heavy package. You wonder how much of that was actually Adam Gaze and how much of it was the offensive coordinator, Mike McCoy at the time. Sounds like it might've been a lot more about Mike McCoy, but don't take all of this in just a pure negative fashion. Hell, maybe he'll learn a a lot of coaches do halfway through their tenure or just early on in their rookie tenure and the best part about it is that there is talent on this roster we just have to find a way to use it all right we're going to preview the game next here the sunday game against the hated bills and we'll do that next but first a quick word from action heat and if you're fortunate enough to be in South Florida with the opportunity to go check out our Miami Dolphins in person every single week, you also have the advantage of always being warm with the beautiful weather. Well, if you're a displaced Dolphins fan like me, then our newest sponsor is somebody you're going to want to check out. This episode of the Locked On Dolphins podcast is sponsored by Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery heated clothing with heat on demand at the touch of a button. You can control your own environment with Action Heat and their clothing that's engineered to to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels, similar to that of a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures up to 135 degrees. The battery charge lasts for 12 hours each charge, and you can even charge your tablet, your phone, your laptop, whatever type of device you have while you're wearing the clothes. It's perfect for any friend or family on your holiday list and great for anyone that works outdoors, attends outdoor football games, skiers, snowboarders, anyone that loves being outside but hates being out in the cold. Action Heat clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body and that includes heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments like the heated base layer shirts and long johns from Action Heat. Action Heat is available in both men's and women's and has great new styles and models just released for the 2018-2019 winter season. And for a limited time, we've got a special deal for our listeners to save 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com or use the coupon code LOCKEDON, one word, at checkout to save 20%. Stay toasty and warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast.
0: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
1: It is Thursday on the Locked On Dolphins Podcast, and that means we are previewing yet another game the Dolphins' 12th game of the year, the Week 13 preview, as the Dolphins will host the Buffalo Bills at Hard Rock Stadium on Sunday at 1 o'clock, and the Dolphins enter this game as favorites for the first time in quite a while since that Jets victory. Dolphins will be 4.5-point favorites. There's a chance of rain in this game, 83 degrees, 80% humidity. And you go back to Adam Gaze's mantra this offseason, his MO, of trying to get players or guys to people into the locker room that can really provide more of a bounce back mentality guys that can handle adversity and overcoming adversity better than what they had last year as guys kind of went into the tank and didn't really put forth their best effort when things got tough. Well, that's going to be challenged on Sunday because the dolphins had that big loss against the Colts, the 10 point collapse, their second 10 point collapse of the season in the fourth quarter on the road. And of course you give them those two wins, the Bengals and Colts game. They really would be playing for almost a chance to lock down the sixth spot in the playoffs if they had held on to those two games. And we're sitting here at 7-4, and 8-4 and four going into the Patriots game. Hell, they'd be playing for first place in the AFC East. But that's not the reality of who they are. They're a 5-6 and six football team, welcoming in a 4-7 and seven Buffalo Bills team who really have been a surprise this year. And schematically, offensively, this is a very bare-bones Buffalo Bills offense. That's a lot of Bs and a lot of alliteration there. But I got through it. They run tons of play-action boot concepts. They run a heavy mix of both man and zone blocking schemes in the running game. And they want to get Josh Allen on the edge. They want to create opportunities for him to run the ball and beat teams with his legs because he's, he's turned over prone. He's inaccurate at times. He likes to get a little bit loose with the football and here's a great stat for you. In the Bills four wins this year, the offense averages 26.3 points per game and their seven losses, they average just eight points per game. So I guess we have to find out which Bills team will show up on Sunday. Their offensive line is battered. It's very bad. They lost three starters last year, had to replace all of them and while Deion Dawkins, the left tackle, has done a good job filling in for Cordy Glenn at left tackle, Russell Bodine, John Miller, and Jordan Mills all struggle big 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 time and LaShawn McCoy is a shadow of his former self he's on pace for his lowest output in yardage touchdowns and yards per carry since his rookie year back in 2009 offensively the receivers are awful, Kelvin Benjamin's the best guy probably, and he can't create any separation expect the Dolphins corners to lock that up and really do a good job against this Bills offense, they really should shut this Bills offense down, now defensively it's a different story, Sean McDermott has a group of ball hawking aggressive defenders, they rush the passer with a variety of blitzes, a variety of players they just do a good job of getting after teams on that side of the ball, defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier believes in the double A gap pressure look to create one on one opportunities on the outside, but the good news is the Bills' best pass rusher, Jerry Hughes, rushes off the same side as Laramie Tunzel, who has yet to give up a sack this entire season. The secondary, just like it is in Miami, is the strength of this Buffalo team. Tredavious White, one of the lockdown corners in the league just in his second year. Micah Hyde, kind of the Rashad Jones, of that defense in terms of putting it all together, or at least maybe earlier Rashad Jones. He will rob the hook zone. He'll jump in that robber coverage. He'll cover deep. He'll blitz. He'll play run support. He does it all. The single high safety in their predominantly single high man free look is jordan poyer and they'll mix coverages up here and there a little bit between zone and man they'll show two deep high but oftentimes that second deep safety comes up and tries to rob the linebacker crew is led by matt milano he has been fantastic this year also in his second season he has 10 pressures as a blitzer 30 run stops and allows just a pass rating against of 62.1 Another rookie at linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds, he's the guy you might want to attack on this defense. He's been a slow study. He does have 10 pressures, but his grades on PFF and coverage, as well as run support, have not been good. We talked about Jerry Hughes. He'll get Laramie Tunzel one-on-one a lot of times in this game. That's a key matchup to watch. And then inside, I'm really curious to see what Jordan Phillips does. He's a rotational player down there, but he is playing well. Kyle Williams, Starla Tudelay, Harrison Phillips, all those guys could give the Dolphins lacking interior defensive line some issues. And lastly, Lorenzo Alexander has 29 pass rush pressures and rookie slot corner Teron Johnson has the fourth lowest completion percentage among rookie corners. So that defense is very good. My concerns is the fact that Tannehill can get fooled by a, a complex defense, could turn the football over in this game a couple of times. And on the defensive side for the Dolphins, Josh Allen offers the one trait that really gives the Dolphins defense problems for so many years now, the escape ability, the scramble ability. He could do that again on Sunday Sunday to this vulnerable Dolphins defense. Opportunities, I think Levi Wallace, the the Bills' rookie starting cornerback, tons of rookies on this team, by the way. He played on Sunday. He figures to start again. He could be the rabbit they go after, as well as Tremaine Edmonds, the two rookies there. And Cam Wake off that left edge of the defense, off the right edge of the Bills' offensive line, he gets Jordan Mills, a guy that he has taken to task several times in his career. So this, this game really stacks up well for the Dolphins. I'll predict it here in just a minute. That will be on the other side, but first, you know what time of week it is. It's time to lock it up. Lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. And the lock of the week this week, I wanted to go a little bit differently because there's tons of opportunities to go after certain players in this game, but I want to get away from the similar predictions I have made throughout the course of the year. I do think Cam Wake has a big day. I think the running game could continue some success in this one, but we're going to go on the defensive side of the ball and our standout rookie. He picked off Tom Brady earlier in the year and one of the keys to the game is capitalizing on all the takeaway opportunities that Josh Allen gives you. So the lock of the week for week 13 at home against the Bills on the Locked on Dolphins podcast, Minka Fitzpatrick gets his second career INT. That's the lock of the week. We'll predict the outcome of the game on the other side of the Locked on Dolphins podcast at Linkville NFL at Locked on Fins. Bringing the preview edition, the Thursday edition here for November the 29th of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast to a close. Talking about Dolphins and Bills, I gave you the gist of the Bills roster, their coaching staff, their scheme on the last segment. Yesterday, we talked to Kevin Masseri of the Lockdown Bills podcast. He gave us a good look into the Bills roster as well. So check that podcast out. As for this game on Sunday, I mentioned the fact that the Dolphins are going to have to overcome some adversity and really bounce back from a really, really deflating game they witnessed or, I guess, experienced on Sunday in Indianapolis. They really could have had a chance to put themselves in the driver's seat for the sixth playoff spot in the AFC they're still hanging around not quite dead yet it's not looking good it looks pretty bleak they're going to have to go on a run here probably going to have to pull off an upset victory in the next three weeks over the Patriots and or Vikings but it all starts this Sunday against the Buffalo Bills and with optimism at that season low this will definitely test the Dolphins mantra their MO coming into the year to overcome adversity returning home to play a game they have to win both for playoff consideration but also for job security purposes I mean, this could be an opportunity for Stephen Ross to say, "If we can't beat this Buffalo team that averages eight points per game in their losses at home in a building where we normally play good, if the team starts to kind of peel back from Adam Gaze, that could really be a big sign of things to come in the future." But I don't think that happens with all the takeaway opportunities they figure to have. The second week back from injury for Ryan Tannehill. I think the Dolphins take care of business in this game in relatively convincing fashion. That's why I'm going Dolphins 23, Bills 10, Miami gets a big win, gets back to 6-6, and and we all get hyped again for the Patriots game the following week. And speaking of the Patriots game, as well as this Bills game, I, yours truly, am going to be in Miami for 10 days. By the time you hear this podcast, I'm probably going to be heading down to the Tri-Cities, my hometown, to get ready to fly out on Friday morning. So if you happen to be flying to Miami and you run into a guy wearing Dolphins gear on your plane or on the terminal, wherever I might be, or if you want to meet up in Miami sometime throughout the course of the week, Jason Harina, fellow Locked On Dolphins writer, as well as the staff editor of the LockdownDolphins.com page. He'll be with me. We're going to be cruising about trying to find things to do throughout the week. It is a work week for us. We are going to be writing and podcasting at the house we have rented, but we have plenty of time for leisure as well. So please do not hesitate to reach out to us. We're looking to grab some beers with as many fans possible. So hit us up. And last note on that game, I received word today from the Dolphins PR, the people that are bringing us down to the game to cover the game there at Hard Rock Stadium, that we are going to be covering the Walk of Fame for some of the Dolphins alumni pregame as Miami welcomes in some new members to the walk of fame and the Dolphins Alumni Day and I received word that Jason Taylor as well as the Marks Brothers, John Offerdahl are going to be some of the guys there but I heard the name Jason Taylor, one of my all time favorites 139 and a half career sacks I think 131 of those came with Miami but it sounds like I'm going to get a chance to at least be in his vicinity and that to me is exciting, going to try to get as many pictures as I can, definitely going to get a handshake and I'm hoping that I can find Dan Reno somewhere because I want to meet the man that pretty much made me a Dolphins fan back in the 90s. So a very, very exciting week for the Lockdown Dolphins team. A great opportunity, and I want to thank the Miami Dolphins organization for giving us this opportunity, as we'll have you guys covered from bell to bell. I'll be at Hard Rock Stadium pretty much all day on Sunday, giving you guys tweets, updates, everything you want to know about this game and how it kind of plays out from a media perspective. All right, guys, that's going to be my time for the podcast today. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams follow me on Twitter at Winkful NFL follow the show at Lockdown Fins, and keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog over at LockdownDolphins.com you guys have a great rest of your Thursday we'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football